Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Transforming 45. So you'll notice a couple of things that are different this week if you are watching the video. So one, I have a new mic, which is super exciting. Um, I did a little investment and a mic upgrade. So that is exciting. And this is the first time we're giving it, giving it a go. The other major difference you might be noticing is that there is not a woman in the studio with me. There is. My, am I the first male? Yeah. Oh. You are. You are the first man to be on Transforming 45. Well, I feel honored. You should. Okay. <laughs> I thought it was only appropriate that w as I'm introducing some men on this show that you should be the first one. Well, I appreciate I'm the first. Yeah. <laughs> so, um... Our episode today is going to be talking about how partners stay connected over a long period of time. And if you've become disconnected from your partner, how to come back together. So many conversations I've had with women who are going through transformations, that's one of the questions that people ask is, my kids are now have their own life or they've left the house. And after years of being co-parents, we're co-parents, we don't really know how to have a relationship again. And um, my lovely husband here has quite honestly over the years made sure, and it has been him who's made sure that we have maintained a relationship. So I thought that we would start at the beginning. Okay. Oh, just before we dive in, in case anyone is related to us, there is potential that we will talk about sex. So I, maybe we will, maybe we won't. We'll see where the conversation goes. But I just want to say fair warning. If you are related to us and listening, listen at your own discretion. Yeah. We'll leave it at that. Yeah. Okay. All right. So just before we start, I don't want anyone to be under the illusion that our relationship is perfect. What? <laughs> no relationship is perfect and no relationship was, is without its challenges. So I wanted to tell a little story that happened um, just a couple weeks ago, actually, to set the stage for the realness that also happens in our relationship. So we had gone on a trip to California, which was chaotic. <laughs> We like to describe it as the best of times and the worst of times. Uh, it was while California. Well, I don't think California still is getting very great weather. Blizzard in uh, <clears throat> LA, which was, you know, mm -hmm. historical. Yeah. So we landed in pouring rain and wind and our flights were late and delayed. And we finally get to the air to the hotel airport and it's like one o'clock in the morning. 2, 2 a.m. 2, 2 a.m. LA time and we're in New York time. So, you know, Toronto and, time. And they had given our room away. <laughs> so that was how the trip started. Uh, we were in a hurricane in the desert in Palm Springs. And it was just a little bit of continuous weather hits. We had gone there for a little sunny, warm getaway, and that is not what we got. We, we did get a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. We yeah. got, we got a, enough to, 
maybe we would choose a different time of year to go back. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we did some great things. We had some love some great adventures and we have a good sense of humor. So that's good. Mm-hmm. However, that sets the stage for coming home. So our flight home also is delayed and we get home much later than we had anticipated on a Sunday night. So <clears throat> we come upstairs and our two teenage children had been home. And they had done a pretty good job of keeping the house. Like it was not a disaster. It wasn't necessarily what I had hoped for when we got home. Yeah, but there was no holes in the walls. No, there were some dishes in the sink, nothing major. And then we go up the stairs and I'm downstairs and I hear you upstairs go, what the fuck? That's, that's, yeah. <laughs> Which was sign number one. And I was like, mm, all right, well, we'll see how this goes. And then I'm, so I'm cleaning up, doing the dishes. And again, I hear what that actual fuck so i went up the stairs and there is dog poop everywhere all over the landing like 20 pieces yeah (laughs) at least we have yet to discover the mystery of exactly how that how that happened (laughs) but teenage boys yeah mm -hmm. needless to say we get up the stairs and are unimpressed you have to work the next morning. Yeah. So I said, all right, you go to bed. I will deal with this. And it's like, what, midnight, 1 a.m., something like yeah, that? Yeah, 1.30. So I start cleaning up all the poo. And then I get out the steam cleaner. <laughs> I'm steam cleaning the carpet. So now it's almost 2 a.m. by the time I'm making it to our room. And I open the door, and you had turned out all the lights. So it was pitch black. But I, I knew that. I know. I know. You really did. You went for it. You went for going to bed. But I knew that the luggage was, like, not put away. So I'm trying to navigate the darkness, the luggage that I know is on the floor. I've just spent, like, 45 minutes cleaning up dog shit at 1.30 in the morning. And so I come in, and I was like, oh, you in your like sleepy stupor you were like what's the matter and i said you turned all the lights off you couldn't leave the lights on and you were like what you told me to go to bed i I, I listen (laughs) and also like we have a switch right by the door i didn't understand the logic there still don't just turn the light on and don't hurt yourself. But we never turn the overhead light on. Oh, I know, but if I didn't it's want to emer- turn the overhead light on and like burn your eyeballs anyway. They were closed. <laughs> <laughs> so we're not perfect. So don't please, by all means, if you take anything away from this conversation, do not take away that we are perfect. What I will say is that we are really good communicators. Yeah. And we practice putting each other first. True. Yeah. So I've been talking a lot. Do you want to tell our our origin story? Uh, I use too many words, you say, so much times. So I don't know. We um, uh, met at, well, it's Camp Huron now, right? Mm-hmm. So... Uh, in 1995, uh, you had been there for a few years prior, a few summers prior. And, um, I wanted to work at a summer camp. I'd gone to a summer camp, a different, uh, different summer camp in the London area, uh, as a kid. And I wanted to work at one and I had 
gone through the paper you did long ago when you were looking for a job. And I found and had an interview for a, um, a different camp, not Camp Huron, and was um, offered a, a position there. And um, my mom... It was a further, further. The camp was further away. It was, it was in the, um, you know, kind of in the Barry Aurelia area, uh, north of Toronto. And my mom thought that maybe she could influence me a little bit, and knew the some people connected with Camp Huron, and um, asked me or they offered me an interview for a position in the kitchen. So I went to that interview, and one thing led to another, and for a hundred dollars more and pay in the summer, they offered me a position at Camp Huron, and I went there for $100. Best uh, decision I've made in my life, I will say that in many ways. <laughs> I was worth $100. Uh, at least. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I, you know, show up in the end of June, and um, I was there a few days before uh, most of the staff showed up just to get the kitchen, help, get, help to get the kitchen organized. And, um, you know, on the Sunday afternoon, all the counseling staff and the, the, the rest of the staff showed up and there was, um, this, this person, Lisa was there and just saw her in passing and had an instant connection and kind of saw her from afar and seemed like a person that, uh, I'd like to get to know. And that was the first summer and we became friends, mm-hmm. um, throughout the summer as you do when you're working in an intensive environment, like, because camp. I did have another boyfriend at the time. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so, anyways, so we 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 maintained a connection throughout the year, and and we would uh, old school write letters mm-hmm. uh, on a piece of paper, put them in the mail, wait six to eight weeks for With a, a response. Stamp. Yeah, yeah. And the odd phone call, and we would get together uh, and see each other at uh, camp functions, whether it was in. Um, different parts of the year around christmas or into the spring things like that in preparation for the next summer we both went back for 1996 and maintained a friendship um and then you chose not to go back for the summer of 97 and i went back in the kitchen still and uh, was running the whole the whole show in the kitchen and and you weren't there and it was a little different but that was that was the way it was it was going and then in 1998, I was supposed to go back again for, for kind of a final summer, but I got a job in my field, a co-op position in my field as an engineering student. And I um, kind of resigned my position at the camp and later in the spring and um, ended up staying in Ottawa for the summer. And you had decided to return to camp. Yes, I made my return. Mm-hmm. Um so I had gone up because <clears throat> I still had a strong connection to camp. I had gone up when I was done my, my summer employment and I had volunteered for a week and um, you were no longer with someone at the time. <laughs> this is true. And um, yeah, we, we went for some drinks at mm-hmm. a bar as we were of age and the, the group of us who were of age went to, uh, went to a, a bar in a local town and one thing led to another and, we decided that we should start dating. Uh-huh. Yeah, we did. And when we got back to camp that night, there were, so the camp that we work at is not for anyone who's in Canada listening on the shores of Lake Huron, which is fairly Southern in the province. And there were Northern lights, there were Northern lights yeah. not a common occurrence for that area of the province. And I remember coming back onto the camp property 
And you and I and the people that we were with all just staring up at these Northern lights. And I think you and I had a moment of like, of like, hmm. hmm. This is a sign. This is a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the summer ended. You went to Ottawa where you were going to university at Carleton. Mm-hmm. And I went back to the University of Waterloo. Yeah. We saw each other before the mm-hmm. summer, before we all went back, right? Yeah, you yeah. helped me move. I helped you move in. And, mm-hmm. and, yeah, back Met my parents. You helped me move. Yep. And then we went back to our respective towns and universities. And... <clears throat> You came down for Oktoberfest. You were year. in you were in Kitchener Waterloo area, right? Yes. So. I was going to the University of Waterloo. And Waterloo is known for its massive Oktoberfest festivities. And so we had a camp reunion. We had a party and we went to one of the fest halls for the evening. And I was in Ottawa, so it was a, a bit of a trek to get there. But... Yeah, but you made it. Yeah, it's tough. Buses. <laughs> Yes, we made really good friends with the Greyhound bus. There was a lot of busing back and forth. So we had been together for approximately six weeks at this point, although we had been friends for years. However, actually together was six weeks. And we were dancing to the dulcet tones of Walter Ostinac. Yeah, the real, Yeah, like the real deal, Walter Ostinac. And for those of you who maybe are not familiar with Oktoberfest, and it's... Quirks and eccentricities, Charms. 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 <laughs> Walter Ostinac, I think he's still alive. That's a fact check. <laughs> we'll have to fact check. <laughs> um, Walter Ostinac is a polka king in Canada. Like, real big deal. And he was actually playing at the fest hall where we were. And you and I were dancing. And a friend, was it? I don't know, a friend came by and said, oh, when's the wedding? Yep. Yeah. And you looked at me and I looked at you and you said, yeah, so when is the wedding? Mm-hmm. And then we were engaged. <laughs> Simple. <laughs> yeah, Just like that. <laughs> um, and then we went on to be engaged for almost three years. Yep. Mm-hmm. 98 to 2001. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So I finished my degree. You finished yours with a co-op term. Yep. And that whole time we were long distance. And I do think that that has been a really solid foundation for our relationship because all we could do is talk. For the most part. (laughs) While we were long distance, when I was in Waterloo and you were in Ottawa, all we could do was talk. And we had to make the most because it was, you didn't, we didn't have iPhones and mm-hmm. there was no FaceTime. No FaceTime. No, it, you had to pay by the like second on your landline, uh-huh. and so you we heavily invested in long distance. Yeah, and uh-huh. and you had to make the most of the time you were speaking to each other. So you had to be very clear and concise and mm-hmm. effective communicator because mm-hmm. it cost a bloody fortune. <laughs> it did. It did. <laughs> That's true. Um, however. I would say the other commitment was making time for each other every day. Still, mm-hmm. I don't think there there was a handful of days maybe where we didn't speak to each other. No, that's true. Mm-hmm. So even though with all of the things that are happening in the life of a university student, we made time for each other, and we really learned how to communicate well. Yep. Because mm-hmm. when you're talking long distance, you learn to listen. 
I'm, I'm, I'm still learning. <laughs> I don't think that's true. I think you are quite a good listener. <laughs> okay. Effective listening. then. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, we're not perfect. No. There are moments. That's what you tell me. And that's what I'm supposed to learn. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, actually you make a good point. So communication has evolved over the years. Because when you're long distance, when you actually talk to each other on the phone, you're just so glad to be talking to that person that there's no, like, there's no conflict. There's, or there wasn't for us anyway, particularly. No, because there's like, it's, it's a waste, right? It's not, it's not a, you know, um, when you want that moments and those short moments in time of, of joy and connection, and there's no point in wasting that on frustration and anger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I missed you. And so when I got to talk to you, I just wanted to hear how your day was mm-hmm. and how you were doing. And we would think about the future and what we were going to do and when we would see each other again. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. So then 2001, we were married. Yep. So we are coming up on our 22nd wedding anniversary. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really know how that's possible, but here we are. 22 years later. I'm still 25. Yeah, right? With my gray hair. (laughs) (laughs) That people can, it's it's like extra special in this this podcast light, so. Uh, It is the one thing my husband is sensitive about is his gray hair. Yeah. Like, you're so handsome. Thank you. Silver Fox. Something. Twenty-two years, yes. Twenty-two years. So when we when we started actually living together, yeah, which happened just a few months before we got married. So you got a job where in the town that we live now, and I was still I had a semester of teachers college to finish, and so it was easy, a no brainer. We moved here in June. We were married in August mm-hmm. and we weren't really living together full time at that point yet. We were still, because I was back and forth. You were, you were preparing the, mm-hmm. your parents' backyard for our wedding. Like you were, mm-hmm. you were, um, like three days of the week. You were, and I, mm-hmm. were and I was working at a private school for girls yeah. at that point as well. So I was wrapping up that final semester there, getting ready for the wedding. So back and forth. So it really wasn't until after we were married that we lived together full time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was three months before we were married. It wasn't. Yeah, but I was still back and forth at that point. Full time living together wasn't until after we were married, which is kind of unheard of at this point in time. It is. Yeah, yeah. And um, we also, so we were both 24 when we got married and well ahead. You just gave your age. Yeah, the podcast is called Transforming 45. You you gave my age away. (laughs) We're the same age. He's three months older than I am. No, 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 no. No, no, I am three months older. Don't, don't, don't. That's the only thing I got going on. You'll be 46 before me. Yeah, yes. So I am three months older to the day than my husband, which he loves to hold over me for the entire (laughs) three months months that I am older. Listen, anyone would do it. Really, listeners? Would, ever, would anyone do it? I can agree with that. <laughs> anyway, um, so we were talking about how communication evolves. And so it wasn't really until we were living 
together right. in the same space where some of our maybe communication works. Yeah. Started to present yeah. themselves. So your parents went through a pretty ugly divorce mm -hmm. right when you and I first got together. Yep. So there is that element of trauma early on in the development of a relationship and it had some long lasting impacts. Is that fair? Uh, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> in the way you communicate. Yes, yeah. I can shut down. Mm -hmm. you want to talk about that a little bit more? Not really. <laughs> and here he is shutting down. <laughs> in, in No, <laughs> thanks. Um, I yeah. When I, when when the conversation turns to things that hit too close to home, I can shut down. And you are very good at holding a mirror up to my face and reminding me that that's not healthy, and that we need to continue to delve into those um, challenges and learn uh, how to grow from them. So that's part of what you, our relationship brings to me is that you are, um, understanding and supportive and want to see me become a better human being. So, um, yeah, that's kind of what, what we've learned over the years is that I will, um, disconnect. Mm -hmm. Uh, the better human being thing goes both ways. It's not one, it's not unidirectional, but what does it feel like for you when you shut down? Um, I never really considered that. Um, hmm. does it feel like when I shut down? It's, it's, it's totally not, you know, not being in the moment, it's easier to reflect upon, but it's, it's an escape, like a, I don't want to say escape hatch. It's a, it's a safety valve, mm -hmm. right? Like it's a way, no, I need not to, like, it's not. And yeah, that's, that's kind of what I would say. It just feels like I need to just, just stop. Mm -hmm. And not that I'm going to blow or get angry or, you know, obviously there's frustration leading to that for whatever particular reason. And, um, but yeah, it's, it's just a, just a shutdown disconnect back away. Um, but then you still recognize and, and things you learn over the years is you need to, you can't just let that fester. You have to come back and, um, take a moment to pause and breathe and reflect and then continue the, the part of the conversation that was, was, uh, causing that reaction. Mm -hmm. So early on, do you remember what it felt like when you were in a bit of a shutdown and maybe I would come in a little bit too hot. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I just get more like, a, a, it wouldn't, it wouldn't, I mean, this is part of human growth too. And, and, and what I, it, it was, I felt attacked, right. That mm -hmm. I needed to, um, keep, you know, almost defending myself and defending my position rather than being able to pause and reflect from another viewpoint, yours, mm -hmm. and, and, um, move forward constructively, right? It mm -hmm. was, it was something that 
you know, when I was shutting down and wanting to back away, coming mm -hmm. to keep probing was um, not something that I needed at that moment in time. <laughs> and um, through, you know, our own conversations with cooler heads and moved away from things, you we both evolved and worked how to deal better with situations like that mm -hmm. when they come up. Now, I think fortunately they don't nearly come up as often as they did. Not that they came up a lot. But... No, like the number of times I've been like furious at you is a handful, yeah. I would say quite honestly. So it's interesting. It's interesting to, for me to hear that early on when I would like, question or try to keep you engaged in conversation that your, your, your response was defensive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Where I was, I was just trying to solve the problem and in my teachery way. But I've done the same to you in terms from my engineering way, right? Like it's, it's, right. it's, it's, uh, whatever you, you know, early on, whatever you, sorry, I'm not, I have to keep cueing him to talk into the microphone. Sorry. I'm not comfortable. It's a weird chair. <laughs> Okay, but and then I'm hiding behind the mic on the video. Um, yeah, like, you know, we learned how to work together to, to solve problems. And sometimes, you know, we'd be talking about our day and something would, would, would come up and I would just spout out a solution. And that's not mm. what mm -hmm. you needed, right? And, yeah. and, um, you know, that's not, it's just obvious to me. You just do this, right? And whatever it was. And, mm -hmm. and that wasn't what you needed. And that didn't help you. Not that, you know, didn't help you work through your own challenges. In some ways you wanted just to share your day and I was solving all your problems for you. So. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And that I think is a really traditional communication style difference between identifying as male, identifying as female, men traditionally want to solve the problem. Mm -hmm. Whereas women are more, those of us, anyone who identifies as female is really more around just getting the emotion out and being present with whatever the, whatever the thing is. So that's where the disconnect did happen because you came at it from a very linear, direct perspective yeah. Yeah. and um, I was, I'm a pretty skilled communicator. Yeah. Yeah. Not just from being a teacher, but from years also like circling back to Camp Huron yet again, um, all of the mentors and leaders that I had there, I watched them really skillfully work through difficult situations and difficult conversations. And so through that process, I learned how to listen to openly listen to what was being said and to take that. And sometimes you just needed a little, like you needed a little prompt as to, yep. I don't need you to solve the problem. I just need you to listen, yeah. but you always made it safe for me to be able to tell you what I needed. And so I think that that is one of the key foundations of our relationship is that safety to be able to say, this is what I need in this moment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's true. And, you know, there were things, there were times, and you're, you're right. I'm not, I'm yeah. going to circle back a little bit because there were times when. You don't have to say I'm right. It's okay. 
which is natural to know because it's 22 <laughs> years. But uh, no, I'm kidding. Um, no, there would be times when we would have a conversation and it would be, let's just say it was in the morning and I would go to work and you would go to work and you would, I'm not going to say perseverate, but you would, you know, process that conversation mm-hmm. throughout your day. And we'd come back together at, at dinner or whatever in the evening and you would want to continue the conversation. And I literally left it at yeah. home, went to work, had my day at work. And that's just the way my brain works is in mm-hmm. terms of it's, that's the thing over there. We'll deal with that later. We need to focus on this particular task at hand that was in my professional um, mm-hmm. uh, day. Um, and I think that really frustrated you at times is, is I would come back and not have not processed anything mm-hmm. and, and you would have embedded that into your day and, yeah. and come back with new ideas and I'm still <laughs> 20 miles behind you. So yeah, um, that was, that was actually a communication quirk we had to solve early on because my brain does that. Like my brain continues to process and your stop. So I would jump into a conversation 10 minutes into the conversation I was having with myself. Yeah. And you would be like, um, where, 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 where'd you turn left? I missed the turn. I don't know what you're talking about right now. Yeah. <laughs> so, and that was, that was something we had to learn. I remember that. I remember the day we were driving. We used to drive a lot because we lived in different places and we, I was trying to describe, oh, you said to me, we were driving and you looked over at me and you were like, what are you thinking about? And I said, well, do you really want to know what I'm thinking about right now? And you were like, yeah. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't ask you. So I was like, okay, here we go. <laughs> so <laughs> I was on, like, folks. I'm thinking about this and I'm thinking about this. And then that made me think about this. And then that made me think about this. And then that led me back to the first thing. And I will never forget the look of like utter bewilderment on your face. You were like. <laughs> How do you think of all those? Th- how do you think about all those things at the same time? And I said, "Well, that's just how my brain works." And you were like, "My brain doesn't work like that at all." <laughs> I pull out a drawer in my brain, and I think about that one thing, and then I might put that drawer back in, and then not open another drawer, <laughs> or I might oh. open another drawer and think about another thing. But it's always one thing at a time. Well, and that's so that analogy was shared with me in my schooling in a as an engineer, you don't get a whole lot of class structure on, you know, human dynamics and but there was a bit. Um and that was shared with me in the different ways people think, right? And and it was shared to me at the time, and this was some twenty five years ago, in a gender based mm. um analysis, but I don't know that it necessarily, I don't believe it applies to just gender. It's just way different ways that people, mm-hmm. that people think yeah, and totally. how they process information in their own minds. So, mm-hmm. um, I do, I will attack a problem. If I solve it, great. It gets solved, written down, dealt with, you know, and then it's gone. And, um, I'll do that in many, many different things. And, and, um, that's why, you know, I'm, 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 it's part of who I am is I'm that, that's the structure that keeps me, mm-hmm. you know, I don't say sane, but keeps me, uh, focused, right. On, on things at a, at a task. And then if I can't solve it, I can put it away and think about it the next day or the day later or whatever it needs to be. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, just having all the big, I, I see it as a big, you know, 
play spaghetti with everything jumbled up in your mind. I'm the, <laughs> I don't know what the, the other past analogy is, but you know, the, 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 the linear pieces that aren't, maybe aren't cooked, the uncooked mm-hmm. and, 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 and cooked the spaghetti. spaghetti in the box. Yeah. Spaghetti in the box, the spaghetti, spaghetti in, the in the strainer. Yeah. That's just how we've learned to, um, understand each other is what it's, what it's come down to. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, it wasn't, yeah, I, I wasn't stressful in working through that. It was just, just no. needed to be something that had to be communicated with each other as to how we see the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also think that being, you know, you and I first started dating at what? 2020? 21. 21. And we're married by 24. And I know that I said earlier, that's pretty unheard of at this point of t- in time. And people usually are getting married much later in life at this point, which there's not a right, there's not a right way. I am finding the person you're meant to be with happens in the time that it happens in and in the way that it happened in its natural way. But one of the benefits I think for you and I, of finding each other at 21 and knowing each other since we were 18. I was 17. <laughs> <laughs> I had to do it. I had to do it. <laughs> Anyone would agree with me. Come on. Okay. Thanks. So you were 17 and I was 18. Um, that it allowed us to grow together. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like two fully formed adults with yeah, true. fully formed, realized structures, practices, ways that you had always been on your own. Like I actually had, I never lived on my own. No, I went from my parents' house to living with roommates in university to living with you. Mm -hmm. So I never had a time where I lived on my own and figured like found my own way of doing things. You and I just from the beginning have made a life together. True. And so I think we played a big role in forming each other mm-hmm. and that, and that communication style mm-hmm. and strategies. I remember something. Oh, oh yeah. So you asked me when we started this. Sorry, I, I, oh yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Here we go. Get ready, everybody. Here so I did live by myself for uh, my co-op term in Toronto, right. right? Which was 16 months and we were still together. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I had my own apartment where mm-hmm. I, you know, could come home at the oh, end of the day. Yeah, you told me. You asked me. So she asked me very before we turned on the recording. We're gonna tell the story uh, about the dog poop and how she was very frustrated with me. And she's, well, when were you frustrated with me? And I'm like, I don't know. We'll we'll figure it out. I don't. I don't like. It's not often. Not often. But I am very particular. If you haven't figured that out already, with my engineering mind. And I had moved into an apartment in Toronto and um, I could paint the apartment odd, but I could paint as long as it was a reasonable color and they were going to be fine with it. So you, we bought the paint and you were visiting and I was working and you had some time off. It was in the summer and you said, I'll paint the apartment. So, okay. Not knowing that you didn't understand how I. I had yet to undergo a decade of boat painting. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So. She's painted my apartment when, while I was at work, which was mm-hmm. appreciated. It looked much better than it did. And then I looked closer. And um, I don't think you took off the the wall 
covers for the plugs and the light switches. It was a rented apartment. <clears throat> and we were the, 20. The cutting in was <laughs> poor quality. <laughs> you got me one of those edgers that the paint kept getting yeah, on the wheels no, of the edgers. This is, this is, I'm just, you know, and I was, it's a good thing we didn't own that place. <laughs> it, but, you know, on and off, I'd see something and I'd just shake my head. But it was, you, you did it with love and I appreciate that. But <laughs> it was not a quality job. Like if anyone saw this paint job, they would want their money back. <laughs> so herein lies the crux of our relationship. Precise, imprecise. Yeah, true. <laughs> true. And after that day, I had to undergo a decade of boat paint trading before you would let me do train oh no sir (laughs) i just didn't i just i just didn't let you cut anything in no yeah you would not let me do anything other than roll on the wall and and you gave me like very clear feedback about that as well and the technique for how to do that and you also were constantly like this is how you cut this is what you do so for a decade all i was allowed to do was roll which whatever it's fine we had a system but who's the better cutter in or now uh, still me no Mm-mm. Uh, just let go <laughs> just so you all know i am way better at cutting in now you you are we are on equal footing mm. i'm not gonna give you that yet no nope, sorry <laughs> we did paint our first house together mm-hmm. and we bought it and we, you know, didn't have any. Fun. No, because at that done... point, I was still just rolling the walls. You did not. Let I know, me but we, do... we, we. What's okay? Here, this house. This house, yes. yeah. And and then you decided you like wallpaper, and uh, you know, I am a pretty handy guy, and I like to do things myself. Mm-hmm. I get joy from it. Mm-hmm. It's not like I do it. I do it. Because it's more cost effective in my mind, because I have the talent to, to and ability to do it, mm-hmm. but I also get joy out of completing tasks, mm-hmm. um, except wallpaper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So these are the things we have to negotiate. Yeah, yeah. I can do it, but I really hate it. And there's two two rooms here in this house with wallpaper, and yeah. that's it. It's He's really holding on. Who knew? Wallpaper. Mm. You knew. I told you. I don't want to do it. <laughs> okay. So. We're married at 24. Sorry. We have two children by the time we are 29. So I turned 30 after Nate was born. Correct. Mm-hmm. So did I. Yes. Yeah. Yes, we both did. So we were married without kids for a few years, which created a good, like, I think we worked through a lot of that. Oh, yeah. A lot of those communication issues at that point in time until new communication foibles showed themselves in parenting but well, i thought you were going to say in cell phones because you had a challenge in texting me back for a long time <laughs> well it was before an iphone where you had to pull out the keyboard and push one button three times anyway i was not spending my time doing that again precise imprecise practical a little bit more free over here anyway so before we had kids however we had a lot of conversations about how we wanted to raise them. That's true. And that you wanted to be an equal partner. Yeah. In their lives. Yes. And I, I still do. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> there it's just it's a little different now that they're almost well one is technically an adult. Um 
that relationship changes. And we'll talk about that too. But we made a conscious effort to make sure that you and I were both participating in all of their care. Mm -hmm. Now, I've talked about this on the podcast before because we're like, even though we had those conversations and I knew you were committed and you wanted to be a really big part and not just like the dad babysitter, right? it was still me who had a complete 180 in my life. Oh yeah. 360. No, 180. And my whole life changed. Like in an instant, I suddenly was staying home. I was caring for this small human all, all day. I was alone a lot of the time. And I still remember you coming home one day and I just like threw Will at you. Not really, but. <laughs> Forcefully <laughs> like, handed it to me. football. Yeah. Here you go. <laughs> Don't drop it. And I think I just started to cry. Yeah. And you looked at me and you were like, what's happening right now? Yeah. And. That is, again, another key in really good communication. Like instead of, you could have reacted by being upset. Like mm -hmm. I just got home from work. Mm -hmm. I've just had a full day. You're throwing this kid at me and now you're crying. Yeah. That I, was, I don't remember doing I don't think I did that. No, you did not. Well, okay. But I'm saying like that, <laughs> that would have been... Um, a real possibility for some for many. Reaction, well, I can see what you're saying. Right? Yes, yes. Right, I lost you. But you—that is not what you did. You stopped and you said, "What's going? Like, what's happening yeah, with you?" Yeah, yeah. And I think approaching each other with a sense of curiosity, for sure, is also something that has maintained our ability to communicate. Because yeah. even though we've known each other for decades at this point, I'm—I remain curious. About you. Mm -hmm. As do I. Phew. <laughs> Could have gone bad. <laughs> well, because as humans, we're 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 not stagnant, right? Yeah. It just in, in in you know you and I, but I think in general, all humans are not they're not designed to be stagnant. We're we're mm -hmm. curious individuals. We're curious about the world around us. We're curious about other things in our lives and how we can learn and grow and, and evolve ourselves. And, you know, that just extends to our relationship in terms of what made you start crying. Why? Right. Mm -hmm. What, 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 what made you happy today? Like all those conversations that we have on a regular basis mm -hmm. about what's happened, what's going on, right. Mm -hmm. what's, what's there. So, um, yeah, I yeah. think we don't, we don't assume blame. I'd say that's something that we definitely do really well is that we approach from curiosity and we don't assume yeah. blame. Mm -hmm. And that is something that really continued through our relationship. And I mean, here we are today and I approached you probably three or four years ago at this point saying, I don't, not, I don't think I cannot be an educator for the rest of my career. It will kill me. Yeah. And do you, rem do you remember how you responded at that point? No, I don't. You were like, too bad. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> we have all of these commitments. Uh, you committed to being an educator. You committed to this career. You committed to this, to our relationship. And so, oh, okay. <laughs> Keep teaching. And 
I was uh, clearly, I didn't love that response. However, I also recognized it as a fear response and knew that as long as I kept presenting it in like a calm way, that eventually you would be able to hear through the fear. Yeah. Yeah. And, and by, by, I don't, I don't remember that. I'm not Uh going to say it didn't happen, but I don't remember that. I know that that's part of what my core reaction could be, and it, it was, probably was. But I think it it was just a matter of then it opened, you know, you by you sharing that with me, it's, it's telling me that something's not right, mm-hmm. and you so it, it 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 tweaks me to evaluate and um dig into what is actually going on in your mind that you, you know, that I don't see you on a, on a daily basis in your professional role. Right. I hear about it, but I don't live it. And I, I, I don't have, you know, not being an educator, I don't have that um, uh, reference or vantage point. Right. So by you sharing that with me, it allowed me to process things and just listen more intently to the, challenges that you were facing and um, understand better about where you were going, where you were headed and what you needed to get there. So, yeah, I think subsequent conversations uh-huh. um, probably went a lot more better, right? It's still scary. Let's, let's be honest about that, right? Uh-huh. Change is not change in a, in a, in a stable, predictable relationship and 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 um house home and household and and they're scary and Uh they can throw people for a loop and you know it's just you being able to share with me what you needed Uh what you were going to need and and didn't need it at that instant but we're going what we're going to need allowed me to then work through my own uh Uh reaction and my own challenges with with the change to stability that um we're currently working our way through Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but but have become far more comfortable with because i can see the differences in who you are as a a person and um what what that career path was doing to you and why you needed to come up with a new a new option Mm -hmm. and i think that speaks to the importance of seeing your partner as who they are and not who you thought they were mm-hmm. or or the story that you wrote about who they, who they are. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and again, I think that circles back to that idea of approaching each other with curiosity mm-hmm. and knowing, yeah, when you meet at 18 and you get married at 24, obviously you're not going to be the same people when you're 45. No. And the importance of that commitment, right. Of we can, you can love someone. Mm-hmm. You can love multiple people, but maintaining a commitment is a, is an entirely different thing. And so much of our, the narrative of our society is around the love story. Right. Right. Which is why there's so much buildup around engagements and having the perfect wedding and all of that, like those constructions. Hallmark Christmas movies. I know, but I it is a nice little fantasy. <laughs> it's my guilty pleasure uh, because it is so neat and tidy, but it's not reality. No. And it is 
commit, it is the commitment to each other and knowing that it's not always going to be easy. Yeah. But if we keep this commitment and our integrity and intention around this commitment, as long as it's healthy. So yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure. yeah. Right? Like, I want to be clear about that. I know there are relationships out there where staying in it is not the right thing to do. Oh, yeah, wholeheartedly. Yeah. And, and we, we haven't seen that in our relationship, but we've seen that in, in others that we know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, and you know, in the world at large, but yeah. if you're with someone and you, you cannot be yourself, if someone is trying to write a different story for you, or they're telling you that you should fundamentally be a different person, mm-hmm. that's not right. then yeah, then that's a different situation from what we're talking about. So um, really, sorry, I just was checking the time and we've, <laughs> look at I told you it was going to fly by. Oh, we're almost done. Yeah, we're almost done. Um, so really thinking about now, you and I, I would say, and at large part because of you, made sure that we had times throughout the year where you and I spent time together, just the two of us, even when our kids were really little. And that was something that we had to negotiate because it was, I struggled with leaving our little humans and you kept me focused on like, yeah, it's not easy, but they're going to grow up one day and you're going to be stuck with me. So I'm not going anywhere. Um, the thing is I'm younger, right? So, mm, so mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, we were fortunate when the kids were really long to have a support network that mm-hmm. would, that loved them and would take them for a weekend, right? Mm-hmm. It's your mom and dad and, you know, Jan and Jim and others that took them for my mom, took them for a short period of time. Um, and gave us a chance just to disappear and, escape the world and, and go into our own cocoon and just reconnect. Mm-hmm. Um, camp helped immensely. With that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As <laughs> right? they got a little bit older. Once then. they got into their, you know, mm-hmm. six, seven, eight year old, then there was a week where we had to ourselves and, um, yeah, we, I would plan often and, and still kind of do plan a trip around that time frame. Now that they're both working there all summer and mm-hmm. about to, to choose, but, there were times when we literally dropped the boys off at camp and we knew Jerry and others who were there and, and, and we would drop them off at, at camp and we would be on an airplane four hours later mm-hmm. and um, would, would go off and, and enjoy our week. So, mm-hmm. but that's part of what I think we, I get what, what I get joy out of is, is spending time with you and seeing different parts of the world or even just cocooning up for a weekend and not <clears throat> doing a whole lot mm-hmm. and reading a good book. And enjoying a good meal um, but, and, and, and conversation, right? You have to be able to enjoy the person that you're spending the, the time with. Mm-hmm. We have always had that friendship. Yeah. I think that you just hit on another really important point. Like, yes, we love each other. Yes, we are in love with each other. However, above all of that, we are friends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We started our relationship as friends. And yeah, I enjoy your company. So we managed to, and again, I will say in large part, thanks to you. But even now at this point in our lives, now that our our kids suddenly have their own lives and you and I are just the two of us a lot more than we have been in a long time, 
one of the things I really appreciate that you do is at the end of the day, when you come home, I often am in the kitchen getting dinner ready and I'm sure it would be easier for you to just like chill out in the chair and not that you don't, I mean, you do take a moment and like, yeah. Have, have a little bit of a moment to yourself. But once you have come down a little bit, you come into the kitchen and you sit at the island and you talk to me while I'm cooking. Yeah. Yeah. So it really is just as simple as that, as intentionally putting that, like the other person in the relationship in your line of sight. Well, it's, it, it yes, but it's also the curiosity, like you're doing mm -hmm. new and, I've done it a long time and it was always, you had something to share, right? Mm. And it was the curiosity of what made you happy, made you frustrated, whatever the, the case may be throughout a day. And now it's, it's, it's just become routine, right? It's mm -hmm. just become to a point where I want to know what, and you are the same with me and your day seems always to be a little more interesting than mine, but that's, that's the nature of what we do. <laughs> but, um, and it's a chance, and now that it's, um, you know, our kids are off being mushrooms in their room in the dark and being teenage boys, they're not there. So it's a chance to have a uh, a conversation, just the two of us, about what's going on in the world and connecting with each other and, you know, in, in some ways speaking about what's going on with the boys or speaking about what's going on in, in our own uh, lives. And, um, no, I enjoy that. I, I look forward to that part of the day mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, our kids are certainly part of the conversation, but they are not the only focus no, no, of that's, the conversation. That's what I mean. It's just a, no, it's no, no, a no, quiet no, yeah. conversation about them without them <laughs> listening. <laughs> it's more the, the, our hopes and dreams for them without wanting to share it and have conversations about them without influencing them. Right. Mm. But it's also a connection point to mm -hmm. our own lives. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So as we go forward with one child leaving the nest very soon and the other soon to follow, what do you think is the main thing we need to continue to do to stay connected and enjoying each other's company and friendship? Just, just one, like one. <laughs> like, no, <laughs> like, you, there's, there's no, like, I don't, me, what I, do you think? I don't, um, I don't think that because of the way we've structured our lives and because of the way we live our lives and, and interact with each other, I, I don't think there's a lot of change in that dynamic that's mm -hmm. going to be required, right? Yeah, they'll be gone for weeks and months at a time, but I'm still going to come home and still have a conversation with you about how your day went and what's new in your world. And you'll do the same with me and we'll still have a chance to go out and have a, uh, a nice dinner and a, and a glass of wine and whatever it's that part doesn't change in my, in my viewpoint, nor do I believe it should, right? Like it's, mm -hmm. we still have that structure that we've set up for 22 years. Mm -hmm. Um, and in some ways things become easier right to mm -hmm. to connect and um we're not pulled in many different directions with driving our kids around mm -hmm. and dealing with the things that that uh you know young humans need in terms of support um they're they're launched mm -hmm. um i guess yeah. my question is 
are you worried that you're going to get bored eventually? No. (laughs) And that was the right answer, friends. But But it's a real question. I know. No, I can, I can understand your question, but I'm not like my, my, my truth is that I'm not. Um, because we can interact with each other. We enjoy each other's company. We love each other. We're good friends, but we also have things that we do apart Mm -hmm. from each other, right? Like, you know, I will head it up tomorrow to open the cottage and do some work there. And I'm going by myself and I'm not, you know, Mm -hmm. I, I enjoy that outlet and, and, and working with my hands and, um, creating something and Mm -hmm. you have your outlets with other people and we both have separate hobbies and I'm hoping that, um, as we launch the boys Mm -hmm. that we have time for more things we can do together and apart and, and, and find those added sources of joy. Right. Yeah. The intersections and the diversions. And I think that that, that's one other thing that I also feel is important in our relationship is that we don't see each other as like, you're my everything. No, no, because that's an incredibly heavy burden to place on a person. If you're like, you are my everything and my whole world revolves around you. That would be. I'm trying not to laugh. At you. <laughs> so, I know you're making a point, but I'm like, I don't. Yeah. But like, no, but that's why, like, it would be a really heavy burden to place that upon you to yeah. know that like, you are the only, like my only source of support, my only source of joy, my only source of right. love, my only source of whatever. And each of us having our own separate lives <laughs> also, because I have networks of friendships that are really, really important to me. Some of that's together. Some of it's not. And having our own sense, oh, having our own senses of identity. Like you have your own very clear identity. I have my own very clear identity. We live a life together. We live a life apart. And I think that also is what contributes to the curiosity. Yeah. 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 I mean, you've, you've, you know, tied that all back together, but it does, right? Like I. Mm. Don't unravel it. No, but I don't know everything, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know everything that's happening in your life at every given moment. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with that. And yeah. same with you, with yeah. me, right? Like we trust each other to make, you know, good decisions in mm-hmm. life. And, and, but yeah, live your life, mm-hmm. find your joy, share your joy with me, mm-hmm. tell me, and maybe I want to join you in it, or maybe I won't. And that's okay. Yeah. Right? yeah. That's okay. And, um, you have to you have to understand that about a partner to to make sure that you're both getting what you need, mm-hmm. right? Like to understand and be curious about what you need and how you want to live your life and where you get your where you get your joy from and how to go get it. And 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 then you know if if there's not an opportunity, then something's wrong. Mm-hmm. Right? Like something's totally wrong if you're not able to find joy together and separately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you for being a really good partner. Thank you for being a partner. I'm a really good one too. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. Here's to the next 22. We didn't talk yeah. about sex. Look at that. Yeah. Bonus. We might have to record another episode. Oh, okay. 
<laughs> I get to come back. I passed the test. Be the first returning guest. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Um, thank you for listening. Uh, to all of the listeners who are, are out there and who are listening, you mean a great deal to me and to this community. Please, if you are able, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. I also, YouTube is now also producing podcasts, so you can find us, me, us, me on YouTube. Um, if you have it in your heart to give us a five-star review and write, uh, also write a review, that means a lot. Sometimes when I'm doing this work and speaking into the microphone, it's not feels like I'm sort of speaking into the void and knowing that what the conversations are resonate with you means more than you'll ever know. So thank you so much for listening today and we will see you next week. Big love. Introducing the Deep Leadership Podcast. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former submarine officer who spent 22 years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Deep Leadership is real-world, actionable leadership advice from John and his expert guests. Become a leader worth following. Subscribe today. Electric Acid. Welcome to Sarah Talk Solutions. Ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into a beautiful different type of show. I'm Sarah B and I'm your host. You can find me on my IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. I talk about amazing, relevant conversations and topics and what functions that goes on in this magical, wonderful, wonderful city of the City of Angels. My IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. Electric Air.